Recorded live. Fellowship and Bible study. Appreciate all you guys being there tonight. Since we don't have too many folks in the chat room tonight, but praise God. Either way, where two or more gathered in my name, there will I be in the midst also. Amen, Brother David. Amen. 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 Well, folks, tonight we're going to be doing the timeline of deception again, and we've already covered this subject previously, but we're going to cover it again tonight, and it's the controversial subject that had got a lot of snickers, laughs, um, backbiting emails from other quote-unquote so-called pastors, um, all kind of stuff, to some of my people from other pastors making fun and trying to snatch away and stuff like that, but oh yes, yes. The quote-unquote such godly brethren are wicked as hell, folks. Like I was talking to you guys before the program started. (laughs) Like passion. Ain't no difference. It's the ones that keep it under control and obey the book, see? It's obedience. I have to obey and be obedient just like you do. Only difference is I've got a different calling. That's the difference. Anyway, having said that, we're going to be dealing with the flat, plain earth again tonight. And we will probably deal with this subject more and more as it grows more and more. And when I say grow, I'm not whistling Dixie. There's been an explosion of interest. Many challenges made and no answers given by the uh, detractors. That holds water. Anyway, Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother, and we'll get started. Certainly. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight, and we ask that you speak the word of God by the Holy Spirit through Pastor Don and that you grant us revelations into your creation, into your earth, that you made it, you know exactly how it is. We desire to know how you made it in more details and not listen to 
those who are in charge of governments and of militaries and of space agencies who have been proven time after time to be liars in the government, in the military, covering up many things, what happened in World War I, World War II. They're just always deceiving. What's going on with the financial system, the money system, Father? Everywhere you turn, there's lies and deception in calling evil good and good evil, and right, wrong, and wrong, right. Father, we desire to know the truth. We ask that you forgive us of our sins, cleanse us afresh, that we could have good fellowship with you tonight. Yes, Father. And anoint us by your Spirit to hear the Word, to, to hear the Holy Spirit, to hear you speak to us, and to change our hearts, our minds, and to change our lives for your glory, for your pleasure. In the name of Jesus, I pray. So be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And that's exactly right. And we want, we want the truth, Lord. And you said, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. In Psalm, Psalm, chapter 138, verse 2, the Bible says, Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. God's words are more important for you to know and to understand than any of his names. Period. I didn't say that. He said it. He was so, um, how would you say, nonchalant about it, like I've told you before. Here's Brother Don repeating himself again. No telling so who's going to listen? Right before he went in and did his deal in Egypt with the death angel and everything, and Moses said, what am I going to tell him? Who, who's, who am I supposed to say sent me? And it's so funny. And I love this answer. Because I, when I look at that, I just smile at those people that just think they you know this. One bunch has got this name, the other one's got that name, and this one puts these vowels, the other one leaves it out. I love what the Father did, the Lord Jesus Christ did before his incarnation. Tell him, I am sent you. I love that. Why do I love that? Because it's absolutely contrary and shows the God of gods above the one that in Isaiah chapter 14 five times said, I will, I will, I will. That that first person singular, he was, but he didn't. (laughs) That's, That's the way it was. He was, but he didn't. And he ain't. But the Father said, I am. I am that I am. Anyway, enough about the name business. This flat earth business. I want to stop right now make this statement. Brother David doesn't know what I'm fixing to say. Nobody in the, in the chat room knows what I'm fixing to say. I didn't even find out myself till late this afternoon. The, and, and just by chance. And I think it was the Lord. 
And let me say this. Anybody that downloads this program, and if there's some of you in the chat that don't even like dealing with this subject, there's something that I ask you to do. And any downloaders that come in, new people, I do not want you to even go over the scriptures about uh, the, in the Bible about the so-called flat earth. Don't want you to do that first. Nope, don't want you to do it. Don't want that kind of mindset going in. Because if you don't believe it already, you're not just going to jump up and believe it all of a sudden, more than likely, because it's been brought up. Anybody that downloads and hears this, this is what I, I'm asking you as a brother, someone that loves the truth, to someone that I hope wants the truth and loves the truth, this is what I ask you to do. And I'm going to put a link in the chat room. I'm going to explain it over the air. There is two YouTube videos that I want you to watch. The first one is a trailer. The name of the, the trailer of the movie called The Principle. The, T-H-E, Principle, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E. I want you to watch the trailer of that on YouTube. I'll explain to you why in just a second. And then if you watch the trailer, it will, when it goes through its deal, makes that little circle, the interview after the movie's done came out and been shown and the review that, can't, that comes out across the world, the interview is handled next. We'll come back up after the trailer. I'll say it again. I won't, don't, don't go to the Bible about the platter. Set your Bible to the side. I want you to pull, I want you to watch these two videos. The trailer not too long, you know, three or four minutes. The interview, quite a bit longer, about 45 minutes maybe, 35, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Now I'll explain to you why. These are. This is a mainstream movie. Are you familiar with the movie, Brother David? No, I'm not. No, <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about it. You ever hear about this? Uh, does anybody in the chat room, have you ever heard of this? I'm sure you probably haven't. It'd be amazing if you did. But anyway, let me finish what I'm saying. This is a mainstream documentary movie that was made. And it stars Mitsuya Kaku, some of the greatest theoretical physicists, scientists, pure atheists, and also, it's a Catholic movie. It's a Catholic movie. It's got a Catholic theologian, some Catholic they call lay people, some Catholic scientists. And this movie is all about one simple little thing, geocentricity. And when I say geocentricity, I don't even like it. Is so milk toast and so low key. 
as far as the um, extraordinary claim, well, it's absolute fact what it is, okay, period. In the story, it is a fact. The Bible teaches that the earth, the universe, goes around the earth. But anyway, I'm not going to jump on that right now. It's so milk toast that they don't claim anything, anything in this movie. They don't prove anything. The earth, they don't prove that the earth's not spinning. They don't prove that the earth is, is not tilted. They don't prove that the earth is, is not a globe. They don't prove that none of no, none of that stuff. One simple truth they prove with real science, and that is that the earth is special. Now, now here, this is what I want you to think about, folks, and especially the downloaders, because I know there's not many folks in the chat room. I want you to think about this. When you watch these, I want you to extrapolate out what you see that happens. I'm not going to tell you. I'm, I'm not going to explain to you in no great detail. Hopefully I won't get on that rant. Of what took place after this movie came out. Because they proved geocentricity, that the earth is special, that the earth, according to everything around it that you can that you have anything to do with in quote-unquote space, is centered around the earth. Has, the earth has an, has an effect on everything else out there, and the effect that it has is it draws these bodies' attention. Exactly what the Bible says. But I'm talking about something like drinking a tiny sip of skim milk compared to what the Bible says is biblical cosmology, okay? These guys don't even touch it, don't even hint at it. But they prove the earth is special. Now, why is this important? Why is this so important that I'm sending people away from the Bible? That dog knows why it's important. <laughs> Yes, my <laughs> But why am I sending folks away from the Bible and anything to, to to listen to these two things? Because number one, I'm hoping that you can think critically and separate your emotional thinking, your pre your pro, your your present convictions or beliefs that you can critically think to that you are really and honestly in your heart want to know the truth. Number three, the Bible is the final authority on all manners of faith, practice, anything, and you would, that you understand that that you will that you will uh, bow the knee to the bit to biblical authority. All right, that's what I want you to keep in mind if you'll do these things. And the last thing is this. After that movie came out, the, the ones that were recorded and interviewed in the movie, Mitya Kaku, this Strauss guy, these, these names, any of you that keep up with any kind of science are going to, and especially that watch television, are going to know these guys in a, in a millisecond. Their stands against um, of atheism, against the Word of God, against Christianity, you're going to know who they are. And their theoretical physics and their multi-universe, all this stuff. You're going to see after that movie comes out that the world goes haywire over this 
little simple thing that the earth is special. I didn't say the earth. I didn't. I didn't. Did I say flat? Did I say not moving? No, no. I didn't say none of that. I said just that the earth is special. The scientists that were interviewed and take part in the movie absolutely both claim because they claim fraud. They claim this. They claim that. But they cashed the checks that they were paid and then the contracts that they signed, but that's neither here nor there either. Who didn't know that? Of course they'd do that. But when they started raising Cain, guess who came to their aid? The rest of the world. Over, over, folks, get this. Get you If you can critically think, and you already got a little knowledge of um, the plain earth and the enclosed model, the, the world goes ballistic over the the earth just being special. Having a special place in the universe. All the mainstream media comes to their comes to their um rescue. Internet news feeds come to their rescue. It is amazing, and if you if you have the ability to extrapolate in your mind and think critically, you will understand the importance of this doctrine, the truth of God's word in literal interpretation, and what we're going to talk about tonight. You, then you'll understand why that it it would be if you were to start gaining real ground on this subject. You would be a, uh, without God's protection, you would be a dead man or woman in a millisecond. The world will never, will not, unless forced by an exterior force of some kind, will never let this happen. Not going to happen. Then you'll understand what the reason I say why they're liars. They all lie. They're called on, they're called lying. On television, they're caught lying on film, and still continue to lie. I'm t- talking about politicians. We expect that out of people there. We expect that out of the, you know, the New York Times with the and the politicians, George Bush. We expect Obama. We expect that. But these are supposed to be scientists, NASA scientists. They're supposed to be highly regarded, famous, quote unquote. Theoretical physicist, they lie, and when they're shown their lie, they lie again on top of that, and the people that back them up lie for them and continue to promulgate their lie over the earth just being special. Here was it being special. Didn't say flat, didn't say unmoving, didn't say enclosed, didn't say none of that. I said just over it being special by a bunch of Catholics and a Catholic theologian. Didn't say a right-wing conservative, you know, two teeth in his head, Bible-beaten Baptist. Didn't say that. From the South, didn't say that. That's not what turned the world, that turned, everybody went crazy. I cannot wait for you to see it. It's one of the most reviewed documentaries in history. Can't wait for you to see these. 
and listen to what's said, think critically, extrapolate down to, well, I'm going to go now and I'm going to study the Bible and I'm going to see what the Word of God says about biblical cosmology and I'm going to believe what God says. Now, if you understand that and you already see the heat and the lies that were put out because of these people saying just the earth was special, then you should be able, in your critically thinking mind and search for the truth, understand when you come to the Word of God, what you're going to get is exactly the truth. And it carries a price. It totes a heavy price in today's world. That's what I want you to be able to get. See, this sounds so simple. Why didn't you just get to beat, you know, put beating around the bush and just say it? Because I want you to understand how important it is. It was important to me. In other words, the Lord showed me the importance of this. And I know Brother Rob Skiba would not have it in his, on his website that we're going to use some of his material tonight. If he hadn't saw it also, the importance of it. Because it sets a precedent and shows anybody before they get into this searching for the truth the price that will be paid for the acceptance of the truth, the real truth, in today's world. And, and also in his documentary, just for some of you folks and downloaders, you know what they got accused of right off the bat? Being Holocaust deniers and racist, and Jew-haters. That's what these do- this documentary, these documentarians got accused of in this theologians. That's what they got accused yeah, Honest to God, that's what they got accused of. Ain't a Jew involved nowhere in it. They were questioned. All they did was question the Copernicus model. Remember way back under when we did our show on Copernicus? The Copernican Copernican model that turned that turned that just dumped in the garbage can four thousand five hundred years of history, and for the last five hundred years, it's been, that's what everybody has been going with with the Copernican and little Charlie Lyle and little Charlie Darwin's models. That's what it was all about. Financial aid, morals, everything came from the world. The world system with its God and these little G-gods came rushing to the aid of these little G-gods. And that's exactly what they are. They're little G-gods. That's even taken the place of the Word of God and who's supposed to be Bible-believing Christianity. Christians and Christianity. The principle, the trailer, and right after that comes the interview. Write that down. Please watch it before you even go to Genesis chapter 1. If you're a studier and are really looking for the truth, You'll be amazed. I was shocked. I was absolutely flabbergasted 
over something that simple. I figured when I heard it that, oh, my goodness, that there's something radical. There was nothing radical about it. It just bucked the gods of today a little bit, just pushed them a little bit, and the little gods got caught in a lie. <laughs> the little gods got caught in a lie. So when you come to the flat earth enclosed earth model, you can take your conspiracy theory idea or allegorical idea, put it in a garbage can. It don't hold water. Just throw it in a garbage can. If you're going to be honest, it carries a price, folks, and I'm telling you, man, Brother David was talking about it today on the telephone. This is going to have a part to play in those last three and a half years, five months, whatever, of the Great Tribulation in the time of deception that's going to be the greatest deception. It's going to play a role. What part? What role? I don't know. Brother David's been praying about this afternoon, thinking about some of this stuff. We'll get to that after a while. We'll see if he's got any ideas. Because, see, for something to be this gigantic, for something to be this important, the first thing you should think, well, there's got to, what, what, what is the motive? Okay. What's the motive behind that? Why would these honest, so-called Christian uh, scientists want to hide the truth? See, think about that one as we continue on. What's the motive behind it? Who was the one that even planted the seed before the birth of Christ? How did it get started to be able to blossom like it has in the last 500 years? A lot, people, a lot. You think it was just men? Huh? Do you really? See, this just slams the non-supernatural people. Also, it flushes the commode on their head. Once you understand the impact and the gigantic meanings that this has and the overall view of end-time prophecy and the Word of God. Who planted the seed? There ain't no members. So you got you got your bunch out there that don't even believe there's a devil. They believe the devil's chained or there's no such thing as a devil. You got two guys that preach in the same pulpit. One pretty good guy. I'm not going to call no names, embarrass nobody. The other one's a totally no devil. And they preach in the same pulpit. I got news for them. I got news for the good guy. You can't do that. Not and come out clean. You're, in, you can, you're not supposed to have any fellowship with unbelievers. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I don't want to hear nobody say that that's talk, that means another race. Ain't got squat to do with another race right there. Period. It tells you in the context of it what fellowship hath Christ with Belial. Do you know who that is? You know who that's type of? You know what Belial's a part? Christ with devils. And see, you got two people in the same church. Supposedly pastors, one's a pretty good guy, but he associates fellowships under the same building, shares the same pulpit with somebody that takes out all the meanings in the New Testament, all the doctrines that's got to do with Satan, the God of this world, Ephesians 6:12, and throws it in the garbage can. How could you have fellowship with somebody like that and not expect 
God's hand totally come off of you and the Spirit of God be nowhere around. Of course, if you don't believe in the Spirit of God and you don't believe in the trichotomy of the body, it don't really matter. I don't guess you wouldn't anywhere to start with. Probably wouldn't even inside the door. Don't matter how smart the person is, folks. No matter how much history they know or anything. We're fixing to find that out in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Don't matter about none of that stuff. Because the Lord, he, 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 made, he made sure that there would be no Nicolaitan type thinking in the true body of believers. That would that would last for any length of time among the true remnant, brother David. We'll start about verse sixteen in First Corinthians one, okay? Okay. But people, listen, please, you downloaders, I'm begging you, don't go looking, listening to no other flat Earth videos. Please don't do that, please. I want you to see the impact of what you're fixing to study. I want you to see the impact how the world comes to arms against something as simple as just saying that the earth is special and it's geocentric and and the uh, universe is geocentric something as simple as that i want if once you get that in your mind then you won't pay no attention to these christians that laugh and make fun of what the bible actually says and we're going to go to a doctor theology and little and I'm like I said I'm not big on all those names you know those letters alphabet soup behind you but I happen to know this guy he's a good guy and I'm sure some of you know about him too his name's Dr. Michael Heiser alright he's a computer guy for Logos Publishing we're going to go to him and see what he has to say if the Bible actually does teach an enclosed flat plane model he knows Hebrew and Greek, Sumerian, Aramaic, anything you... He knows he, he knows better than anybody you know. I can assure you. Twelve ancient languages. Twelve ancient languages, that's right. Egyptian hi- hieroglyphics as well, Sumerian, mm-hmm. Hebrew. That's right. That's right. And, and, he, and he was going to tell you if the Bible teaches a flat, enclosed earth. With hollow, uh, hollow, flat, enclosed earth. And going to tell you if the Bible actually teaches that with that kind of knowledge of both Old and New Testament. So you won't have to take Brother Don's limited uh, knowledge of Hebrew and Greek. Okay? But do that in a little bit. You know, I never refer back, I, I never lean and make a big deal about people's credentials. I'm not, I, I, I do just the opposite. I'd rather put my arm around an old drunk that decided to get right and loves Jesus Christ than somebody that ain't never smoked a cigarette or ate a pork chop and wears a suit every day and wicked as hell on the inside. See, I'd rather have the old guy that's out of the gutter. I know where he's been because I've been there too. First Corinthians chapter one. Let's see what God says about these uh, about different folks. The, um, bo- why the what the body of Christ is, is made up of. We'll get into the flat earth a little bit, folks. Okay, 
get into that stuff. But I want I want the Word of God to speak and tell you if you believe what you read, because see, the Corinthian church was full of these highfalutin, wealthy shipmasters, ship merchants, slaves as well. It was diverse. Go back and listen to the first program that I did on first in First Corinthians chapter one. I explain it all. Okay. But there was some, there was folks there that was smart. There were like I said, merchants, ship merchants, smart folks, and dumb folks. You got anyway. Go ahead, brother David. Start reading now. I'm not going to repeat myself again. Okay, you get the message. First Corinthians one sixteen, and I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Okay, I want you to, he just said, not with wisdom of words, right? I try my best not to use big words that nobody, I know I do sometimes, I apologize for it, okay? I like street language, I'm, no, I didn't say, um, um, the F and all that stuff. No, no, that's not what. That's not street language. I like farmer language. Okay. Anybody can get it. A child can understand it, and so can a professor. And that's the way Paul taught. Later on, he tells you plainly. They say that his speech was contemptible. He was rude. His speech was contemptible, and his bodily presence was weak. In other words, ad hominem attacks. Something about his character, something about, uh, not about what he said, but about the way he looked, the way he spoke, and how, he, how his presentation was, or his delivery. He preached all night, one night, in the book of Acts, and some people could one person couldn't handle and fell out and broke their neck. Paul had to raise him from the dead, preached the lawn. Go ahead, Brother David. Verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Okay, there's two classes right there, the prudent and the wise. She's going to bring to naught both of them. Who are the wise? They're the people at MIT. They're the astrophysicists at NASA. And all your big-name colleges. For the last 40, 50 years, the 99% of them, that's thrown God out the door, out the window. Go ahead, brother. Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. See, wisdom, 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 one of the grand things about so-called wisdom, 
this is worldly wisdom now, folks. I'm not talking about understanding through tribulation and pay all that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. I'm talking about the worldly type wisdom. Professors, doctors, all this kind of stuff. One of the grand things about it all is by their wisdom, they know not God. They educate. They're educated out of the childlike belief that it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. Christ said that himself. It's not Brother Don's opinion. Go ahead, Brother. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. Unto the Greeks foolishness. Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, Homer, go on and on and on. Everything that our educational system has taught us, these people were supposed to be geniuses. Pythagoras and his mathematical system. I'm not, I'm not getting into the esoteric part. I'm talking about the plain knowledge that they had. Plato, Atlantis. Timaeus and Critias. On and on and on. This is the type of wisdom I'm talking about. The knowledge. You see, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Period. And if charity edifieth and knowledge puffeth up, why is it you spend all your time trying to learn some new thing? Y'all excuse me just a second. I have to open the door for my guest. Yes. My brother David, continue reading. Okay. Verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the the weakness of God is stronger than men. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, period. Okay? The weakness of God's little toe is stronger than the mightiest little G-gods there is. Especially the big L. The main hoopah. Puffing stuff, whatever you want to call him, Lucifer, Satan. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty. Okay, watch this list. Watch this list closely, folks. These are the members of the body of Christ. The majority, 99.9%, because see how he says not many? These are called, there's a few of them that get in. I happen to have been taught by one of them. Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. Yeah, we're going to listen to one tonight. Dr. Michael Heiser. In just a little while. There's more, but they're scattered when it comes to the quote-unquote 7 billion so-called people on the earth. Only a very few. And in the remnant even, very, very few. Continue reading, brother. Watch this list, folks. Not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay, now isn't God worried about his reputation? Why would God choose the foolish things of this world? 
Why doesn't why doesn't he choose the smartest things of this world? You, when it comes to Bible doctrine, folks, and especially what we're dealing with tonight, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind because that's the reason I started off the program telling you I want you to watch those two that do, those two things about the documentary and get an critically thinking mind when it comes to this enclosed model cosmology of the earth, okay? Go ahead, brother. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Okay, people, I could take that very simple, those very simple verses, and you, is that I'm not taking them out of context. I'm using them in the context exactly what they're talking about. This, they're giving a contract. Paul's giving a contrast to smart, weak, what the world looks at, folks. This is not according to God, this wisdom, these wise, these noble. No. God's noble are the last in line. They're the last ones to ever get, get any uh, kind of recognition or any kind of thing when it comes to the world. It's a, you have to see this, folks. Trust me. When we get into this, the ones that are down, the ones that's going to download and the new ones, I want you to understand, please, for your own benefit because it's going to play a part in the last part of this this earth age. Go ahead, brother. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. There you go. That's Amen. so simple. That's so simple to understand that it would take a fool and somebody so caught up in their own pride and their own so-called self-worth and their, so, their, their love for that I, first person singular. It, 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 that's the only way you can do it, folks, because go back and look at the context of where it came out of. Brother Don's not lying to you. The book's plain. The book's plain. All right. Now that we've got this contrast between wise and uh, what some people think are wise, what the world thinks is wise and what God thinks is wise are two different things, let's move on a little bit. Brother David, where do you want to start? I'll tell you what, let's go. Oh, by the way, before we get started in that, I want to give kudos and credits to whose material we're using tonight. We're using some material from Brother Rob Skiba. His website is called the Flat Earth Controversy. It's www.flatearthcontroversy.com. It is so jam-packed with research and information. You can I still hadn't got through a tenth of it. And we're talking about a good Christian brother that loves the Lord, knows the book. He's not he's not King James only, no big deal there, okay? He still loves God and he believes the book. 
He's a good Christian brother. He was a missionary for six years. He's in the process of, of uh, researching this out. He hadn't completely gone with the, with the literalistic interpretation of the biblical view yet. His heart wants to go there, but his, his head doesn't want to go there, but his heart does, showing his heart's in the right place. He will. He will eventually because there's no other place to go. But we're using some of his material tonight. I've, I've told you the website now. You can go there and you can follow along with us if you want to. Check it out yourself. Check everything he does. Just like I tell you folks about my own stuff. You don't believe a word I'm saying. You take it to the Lord in prayer. You go to that book and check me out. Because I could be sitting back just lying to you like 98% of those idiots out there lie to you right now especially some of you folks to go mousing around to some of those. Well, anyway. All right, Brother David, you want to just go uh, straight to Brother Heiser, and um, I think that would be the best thing to do, don't you? And okay. Get, get yeah, the, that's a good start. Yeah, let's go to uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, and um, I'll just let Brother Skiba explain what he's fixing to do because he's fixing to uh, play this. Dr. Heiser, I've seen it years ago, but he's going to play Dr. Heiser's presentation of the the, uh, biblical cosmology of the earth according to Hebrew cosmology, period. Okay? So we're going to get started with that right now. If anybody uh, in the chat room has problem hearing, let me know, and I'll try to rearrange the speakers in some way or try to get some help from my lovely guests that I haven't seen in 20 years. They're sitting behind me, and maybe they can do something with these speakers. Anyway, here we go. Welcome back to the Revolutionary Radio Project. I am your host, Rob Skiba, otherwise known as the Village Idiot. Um, right before the break, I was talking about Dr. Michael Heiser, super smart, brilliant guy who knows everything about the ancient Near East. He was saying exactly what I've been saying uh, regarding the biblical cosmology. And if you don't believe me, uh, I'm going to play some clips from uh, an online lecture that he has posted on Vimeo. It was dated September 29, 2010, and he went through many, uh, if not the exact same scriptures that I went through in the previous broadcast where I was going through the the Bible, uh, showing you all the various verses that support a stationary, flat, enclosed earth under domes, set on pillars, etc. Right? So here is uh, some clips from his online lecture. The Old Testament shares terms and ideas with the ancient Near Eastern pagans. And we we talked a little bit about this last week. This should not be a surprise because there are similarities between the conception of how the world that we experience was made that are shared with Israel's neighbors. We see these terms as metaphorical, the terms that I'm going to cover tonight. We, We look at them, you know, when the Old Testament says something like that the sky is supported by pillars, 
oh, that's just metaphorical. It's just poetic. To us it is, and you know why? Because we have a scientific worldview. That's why. They didn't. They were serious. No ancient person ever scaled a mountain. Do you realize that? Like the tall mountains? Because it takes oxygen, they freeze, I mean, all this kind of special equipment. There's no record that any of them ever did it. And until the fifth, it wasn't until the 15th century that we have, you know, the whole issue resolved of can you sail this way and come out the other, you know, the, the whole idea about the earth being a globe and all that kind of stuff, that, that was debated up into the 15th, you know, 15th century. We look at that and go, oh, you know, it's just poetic. It is to us. But what I'm going to say is, again, back to my introduction, if you take it literally, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. They were serious about it. All these concepts and even some of the terms are part of ancient Near Eastern cosmology. In other words, what I'll show you tonight, the division of the world, what the world looks like in Israelite cosmology, you can find the same descriptions anywhere else. Egypt, Mesopotamia, you know, ancient Syria, the Hittites, whatever. Because this was a common worldview. Now, if we say that Israel knew better, through special divine revelation, then we have a problem. Then we have to say that the literature of the pagans, I mean, somehow they knew too. Did God speak to them? Where'd they get that information? I really don't want pagan literature to be in any way even looking inspired. Okay, uh, that just uh, that opens a real, real can of worms for inspiration. It's just ground we need to stay away from, and for good reason. It's legitimate to stay away from it. If we let the Bible be what it is, though, we can claim it's unique theologically in what it says about God. But if not, then pagan literature is essentially on the same level. And trust me, you don't want to go there. Let me stop that right there and explain to you, before he goes into his explanation in scriptures and stuff, understand that Dr. Mike comes from a Presbyterian background, with all these alphabet letters after his name, okay, and including Bob Jones University, where my pastor went to Bible school, one of the universities he went to. But he comes. He also he understands. He he comes from the the um, Presbyterian allegorical way sometimes of interpretation, even though he claims to be in his mind a biblical literalist. He'll explain all that, but I just wanted to set you up because you'll hear the innuendos he makes in his speech that might think you may think that oh he, he he really doesn't believe none of that okay just listen close think critically but understand his background we all carry baggage of some kind folks okay and he's no different and i'll continue on with it you want it to be unique let's get into it here exodus 24 Israelite cosmology has three tiers. This is the Ten Commandments passage. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Three levels. New Testament is the same. Philippians 2.8, verse 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Like the worms? No. We're going to see what they were thinking here. Revelation 5, 
heaven, earth, under the earth. It's a three-tiered cosmology. This is what it would look like. I didn't make this graphic, which is why it looks cool. Okay. Somebody gave this to me because they hated, honestly, at Western, uh, they, they hated the one I used, and so they gave me this. This is a three-tiered cosmology. There's God. We're going to see it in the verses. I'll show you that God lives above the vault of heaven, the firmament. In the firmament, you have windows and doors, and you have the earth. We're going to see verses that talk about the ends of the round, flat earth here. Underneath is shield. Sheol can be both the grave, and it can also be the underworld. It's not quite hell, but it's sort of like hell. We can talk a little bit about it. And then underneath that, we have the great deep. These are all scriptural terms that are on this map. This is what an Israelite, an Egyptian would have had different terms, but the same three-tiered level, same with the Mesopotamians. Now, they have, theologically, they have dramatically different views of what's going on here, not just who made it, but what's going on. Views of afterlife, the value of humanity. I mean, it's, it's dramatically different. And I've made the comment before, Genesis is about theological messaging. And there are some dramatic differences in what Israel is saying, the Bible is saying, and anything else. So let's take a look at the parts. Waters above and below the heavens. Genesis 1.6, God said, let there be an expanse some translations have firmament, it's rakiah in Hebrew, in the midst of the waters. And let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, the rakiah, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. What was that expanse called? Heaven. The heavens, the sky, shemayim in Hebrew. Stand here sky, and you have waters above the sky, and of course you've got waters below down here, but then you have you know, the atmospheric heavens as well. Psalm 148 mentions the waters that are above the heavens. That's after the blood. Did you catch that? Because a lot of people want to say, oh, the waters above, they went away with the flood. See, the, 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 the firmament was this canopy thing, and it was there, and then the flood, it just went away. No. It wasn't. According to the psalmist, it's, he's still referring to it. Proverbs 8. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. Isn't that interesting? We'll get to that. Circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. Made firm is amats in Hebrew. It is the same verb for letting a tree grow firm, hard. Ancient cosmology across the board believed that the sky was this dome over the earth, and it was solid. Kind of like the Truman Show. Okay. They believed that the stars were affixed to it. Some of the stars never moved. The other ones did. And the ones that did, this is why... The word stars is attributed to the sons of God and to angels in biblical literature. They believed that the stars were animate beings, that they were really divine beings, and then they'd come to earth as angels, but they, were, they lived up there. And those were the ones that moved. Why? Because movement shows what? If something moves, it's 
alive, okay? Yeah, they can't take a rocket and go up and check it out. They, they believe that this is, they're, they're, there's a solid expanse over them. Another passage, Job 37, verse 18. Can you, like him, speaking of Job, you know, drawing the dramatically poor comparison of God and Job, we know who's going to win there, but can you, like him, spread out the skies hard, kazakh, Hard as cast metal. Mutsak, as a metal mirror. Mutsak is the same word used in the casting of the laver, you know, the tabernacle where they would wash. It's solid. It's also the same terminology used for flint rock. Again, these passages point to the belief that there's a dome, the sky is a dome, and it's solid. And God lives above it, and you live below it. Job 22, did I skip one? But I don't know, I didn't. <clears throat> but you say, what does God know? Can he judge through the deep darkness? Thick clouds veil him so that he does not see, and he walks on the vault of heaven. That's where God lives. It's his address. You know, and b- before we, we think, oh, that's great. How cute. We think that, don't we? If a little child would ask you, where does God live? Up there. Is there something wrong with that answer? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Use it, you know. Uh, because there's a sense that God lives off planet. Why? Because he created the earth for us. He doesn't need it. He's independent of it. He transcends it. Oh, it is. It's very normal. Amos 9, 6, he builds his upper chambers in the heavens and founds his vault upon the earth. The vault upon the earth. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out in the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. In Psalm 29, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. <clears throat> Let's go back here. We talk about the middle tier now, the earth. Here's a God's eye view of the world. If God is sitting above the firmament and looking down at it, does he see? This is where we get Genesis 1.9. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. Waters, plural, one place. How can you get all the waters in one place and then still call them seas? And the dry land appeared. (coughs) That's how you get it. All waters, one place, but they're still seas, again, depending on what direction you're coming from or where you're at. Because if you're over here, you're going to call this something sea, and you can't really see what's going on over here. So if you live on the other side, that's another sea. But you've got all the seas together. Proverbs 8, when he established the heavens, I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep. Circular. He made firm the skies above, so on and so forth. Here's an interesting one. He has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. What's the boundary between light and darkness? Think about it. You all know the answer to this. What's the boundary Think literally. 
What's the boundary between light and darkness? Does it get dark here? Does it get light here? Where's the boundary? The horizon. That's the boundary between light and darkness. If this is your view of the world, your horizon is right here. That's where the firmament ends and it meets. It's stopping the waters from going any further. Then it goes all the way around. The whole thing. Because if you're on a circular Earth, everywhere you look, there's a horizon. The place where light and dark meet. Again, I told you I'm going to be a flaming literalist tonight. I'm going to say that I'm going to take them absolutely at their word. Vault of the heavens, pillars and mountains. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. Oh, that's just metaphor and poetry. Yeah, thus it is. You ask them, it's like, well, no, it's not. And that's exactly why I've explained to you folks for over two years, I am a pure biblical literalist. He's not. I guess you're getting that now. But if he were, this is what he would teach. Well, there's that, that, that big mountain thing. That's, like, that's holding up the sky. Duh. If you don't believe it, go find I mean, <laughs> how are you going to find out any different? You know, obviously we can, but you know, the means to do that isn't with them. 2 Samuel 28, the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because God was angry. And it was indoors, and that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. Psalm 78, yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. In familiar phrases, pillars under the earth, supporting the earth. Now look at the language. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. You betcha. Not Marduk. Not that silly Ta in Egypt. It's Yahweh who did that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, an Israelite would want you to marvel. You would think you're insane if you didn't. Either that or a pagan. Job 38.4, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its corners? He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. And think of the circle with the, with the earth in the middle. For his steadfast love endures forever. Now, that is a very brief overview of Old Testament cosmology. And I'm coming back to this slide, but I think I'd kind of like to go back to, well, some of, some of us won't have the context for it. Let's just end here. There is a passage, uh, if any of you bring it up in Q&A, I have more slides uh, about it, but I'm going to end here that relates to cosmology that might have popped in your head as far as a question um, dealing with the Earth's shape as a well. But the message I want you to take away again is Genesis is about theological messaging. Just like with our illustration, we spent a long time leading up to 
the cosmology slides. The conversation between the six-year-old and the scientist. When you accept the way that the critic frames the debate, you're not going to get very far. If you remember the conversation, the six-year-old. God made my baby brother. And the scientist says, no, he didn't. Your mommy and daddy did. I asked you who was right. And he said, they're both right. And I asked you who was wrong. And we said, they're both wrong. <laughs> but we can parse that because we separate mentally the truth claim, the message, the assertion, the truth assertion being put out, and we immediately contextualize the person's worldview, and even if it's flawed like the six-year-old's was, her point is still correct. And if we look at Genesis this way, it doesn't matter that Genesis is, and the rest of the Bible is littered with this kind of cosmological language because God didn't bother to change the culture. He could have if he wanted to. He didn't care. If he had cared, he would have done it. Stop it right there for just a second and say how deadly wrong Brother Mike is. But you can see where people like little Tommy Tucker that sings for his supper and Eli Faz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite, you folks know who I'm talking about. You can see where they get their allegorical way of thinking because once you take on the allegorical and metaphorical teaching of God's Word, you can make it say anything you want to. And that's why they can't be pinned down with sound doctrine that we went over the other night in the Pauline epistles because they'll allegorize it away. Like Ephesians 6.12, the principalities and powers. Again, like Luke 16, Lazarus is uh, Abraham's bosom. That's what they do, folks. That's the difference between them and the way I teach you as a biblical literalist, which every single one of our church fathers were for the first 150 years, including Paul, Peter, James, and John, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You take your choice. Man or the Father? You know the conclusion is that he couldn't, and then you have a problem with omnipotence. God doesn't care. I'm coming to these people at this time, in this place. They're, it's second millennium B.C. They don't know it's B.C. yet because Jesus doesn't come. But it's a long time, okay, way, 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 way back. And I'm going to give them a message, and they're going to do the best they can under my influence to express it. I'm going to watch as they write. If they goof up, I'm going to send somebody along there. Go fix that. You know, if they didn't quite get it right, somebody will come along and clean that up a little bit. When it gets done with the process, God can look at this thing we call the Bible and say, good job. It's pretty good. I'm satisfied with that. But all that content is fixed in a particular worldview that we don't have. We have to let it be what it is. And let God, let God's decision to do it that way, 
subtle with us. My challenge to you is try it. <laughs> and if you do that, you don't need to justify it to science. They need to justify why they're criticizing it for not being what it was never intended to be. And that would be an interesting conversation. Don't accept that, the way they articulate the debate. All right, that's where I'll end that. So, clearly, Dr. Michael Heiser fully acknowledges that the Bible absolutely argues in favor of a still flat circular earth with a dome over it. I mean, let that sink in, guys. Go read this guy's bio. A Semitic language expert acknowledges that the Hebrews had the same cosmology as the ancient Near East, which was just the same way it's depicted in the Logos Bible software picture. Now, all the stuff that I've been referring to in this broadcast so far came as a result of me trying to confirm that Logos actually made that picture, because I've used that picture quite a bit, and, you know, people uh, get creative with Photoshop sometimes, so I wanted to make sure that, that was a legitimate image created by Logos Bible Software, which is a highly respected Bible tool software you know, program. So as I'm searching to confirm that that was, in fact, created by Logos Bible Software, I'm finding all these articles that I've been referring to in this broadcast so far, and then I found this video uh, of Michael Heiser saying that. Okay, uh, and, and interestingly enough, I was also doing a search for um, uh, the understanding that the ancients had of stars as angels. And I think that's where I left off in my last flat earth broadcast where I was saying, you know, I'm going to go look into this whole thing of uh, the stars or angels. And in fact, the book of Enoch tells you point blank, there's a class of luminaries or a class of angels called the luminaries um, that are in fact angels that have a very specific uh, position they're supposed to hold in the sky and a path that they're supposed to follow. And if they don't, a uh, luminary police named Raguel uh, puts them in a terrible place of punishment for not doing what they're told. So you know, I was hopping down that bunny trail, and uh, I've still got a lot more to do on that. It's a fascinating study. Um, well, we're, actually, we're getting ready to go to a break. So uh, when we come back, I'll uh, let you know where I am with my studies, and uh, we'll continue uh, with that as soon as we get back. Okay, folks, we're going to... Stop right there with Brother Skiba tonight. What time is it, Brother David? Uh, 9.26, uh, 8.26 your time. In other words, how long have we been on, Brother Kevin? Do you know? About an hour and a half. About an hour and a half, okay. Um, folks, we're going, we, we will go ahead and stop right here, but we're going to stop with my brother that I went to Bible college with. I want him to read some Something that I wrote, and what you've just heard, since I can't read anymore, I want him to read this, if he can. I think it's seven pages, but in big letters, it wouldn't, it won't take long. But we'll end the program with this, and then Brother David can give out the contact information, and we'll end the the um, program in a word of prayer. Have you got anything you want to add to what Brother Heiser said, Brother David? Uh, no, I thought that was very good. That uh, you know, it, all those people who skirt around uh, the program from time to time that believe that uh, unless you know the Septuagint and have uh, excellent ability in Hebrew, you can't really understand the Bible. I know. So, that. anyways, he just read it for what it said and said that's what it says and that's what it means, and he's a Hebrew expert. 
Absolutely. And, folks, by the way, I want to add this before Brother Jeff reads this that I wrote last night. You can prove this in any version that's ever been created. Septuagint, you can prove it out of the ESV, ASV, RSV, New Living It doesn't matter. It do, that's how solid, if you interpret it literally like our church fathers did, Every version says the same thing. And, of course, there's only the Septuagint version that we have of the Old Testament other than what we do have in the Masoretic. Just wanted to tell you that if you think it's got to do with versions, check me out. Don't you believe a freaking word I'm saying? Check it out for yourself because you're the one that's got to give an account for it in the Day of Judgment. Not Brother Don. I'm accountable for what I teach you and what I what I try to bring forth to you. My heart, my sin, all that. I'm accountable for that. You're accountable for yours. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, and I am standing here, as sure as I'm standing here, this is going to play a part in a many-pronged attack on that deception and that time period that was worse than it ever has been since creation or ever will be ever again that the Lord warned us about in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke chapter 21 and chapter 17. Okay? This brother here is Brother Jeff Strange. We graduated from Bible college together, and uh, he's one of the best friends i got on this earth, and I'm going to put him on right now. He may want to say a few words. If he does, that's fine. But I want him to read this that I wrote last night in the program. And when he does, I'll take the mic back and we will end in a word of prayer. Okay, hello, this is Jeff Strange. And uh, like Brother Don was saying, um, that's why James warns uh, the children of God, be ye not many masters, knowing that um, we shall receive the greater condemnation. So we're, we're, teachers are held accountable to a higher standard as they ought to be in teaching the Word of God. I'm going to go ahead and read um, what uh, Brother Don's got written here. Okay. Um, finding out for yourself how far you should be able to see something on a globe earth, take the miles away and square the miles. Here's an example. Ten miles away, take ten miles away, all right, then multiply 10 times 10, that gives you 100. Then multiply the miles, that's 100, by 8, which is 800 miles. So 800 inches should be the distance below the horizon's point. In other words, out of sight. Okay? If you live on a globe, divide that 800 by 12 and you get the feet. Now, um... That's simple math, and it doesn't lie. So by the process of elimination, let's find the problem. One, um, here are the the possibilities uh, of the problem. Number one, is it an error in the math? Number two, is it your lying eyes or everybody's lying eyes? 
three, the final um, possibility, well, somebody or something is wrong. Okay, now before the cognitive dissonance, which uh, typically arises uh, in the uh, mind of the skeptic, um, otherwise known as denial, or should we say um, will worship, mind worship, and the transference of authority from the Word of God and the Godhead to themselves, um, instead of um, letting the Lord Jesus Christ and his words be the authority, or to uh, transfer the authority to uh, science, falsely so-called, not real science. There is such a thing as real science, and there is a science falsely so-called. Or uh, is the answer just simple childlike peer pressure, pride, income, loss of your um, worldly reputation at the expense of the one that made it all, the Lord, uh, who put it in a book where you could find it out and told you what was the truth, where you could find it and gave it to you and made sure you had it during the last days when you were going to need to have a fine-tuned instrument to figure out what was going on. And uh, the one who uh, gave you that record died for you and was buried and resurrected the third day according to the scriptures, give you eternal life to all those who believe. Uh, we're told to prove all things, hold fast that which is good, and that includes um, everything any man says or teaches or professes that is the truth. Prove all things. Apostle Paul told us, hold fast that which is good, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay, now in the last 50 years, you and I have been uh, shown uh, gorgeous pictures of planets, and we get that on Discovery Channel, History Channel, ad nauseum, galaxies, nebulas, solar systems, and uh, orc clouds, Orion, orc clouds, <laughs> comets, asteroids, all in... Um, uh, High-definition clarity and um, precise size with stunning details, wonderful, breathtaking images. We know all about that. We watch the TV on occasion. And now with the magnificent Hubble telescope, surely we will get more of these stupendous photos. Why? We even have a roving machine taking pictures on Mars, climbing around out there, probably digging tunnels, I would add. And let us not forget those powerful um, satellites that can read a newspaper or a car tag or pick up a conversation from space uh, when they zoom in with the click of a button. Hmm. I mean, most of the world is pre-programmed, especially America, because we got the guns, right? All this extraordinary technology and achievement and the genius minds of brilliant education never, never before matched in this evolutionary journey from nothing to everything. That's... Uh, that's abiogenesis. That's uh, life from a mud puddle. And they don't... They don't <laughs> Surely these would-be immortal-minded biological accidents have recorded by way of video and photo a hundred times over, recorded by these means, video and photo, these, those means, their home earth where this mathematical and biological impossibility originated and began... And yet, there is not one provable photo or video of this magical, miracle-producing homeworld showing her standing alone in space in her supposed tilted, spinning global glory. Not a single one, and almost everyone, including myself at one time not long ago, believes it's solely on 
the world system's word, uh, what they say. Yep, the very ones that magically appeared from nothing in over millions of years became everything. Brother David, you want to add anything to that? No, Pastor, that was great. That was very good. Okay, folks, Lord willing, this Sunday night we will pick up with Luke chapter 9. I think we're in Luke, or did we even get to Luke chapter 8, Brother Kevin? I forget. What have you got um, listed there, Brother? Chapter 8. Chapter 8, okay. Yep. Brother Kevin, you got anything you want to add to this? You've been studying pretty strong, in it? No, not at the moment. And by the way, folks, there's not a Jew connected with any of this. Just thought I'd bring that up. See, see, that's the reason nobody's going to take, in in the persuasion that we are of, in the racial aware Anglo-Israel message, the ones out there, since there's not a Jew concerned with this, since they can't blame it on a Jew, they're not going to touch it. Except make fun of it ad hominem, just like that person did to try to drag off one of the people that listened to me with his ad hominem and supposedly mentally superior teaching of allegory. So. Maybe we could just mention a few motives. Why? Yes, that definitely. I tell you what, we're going to do for the next 15 minutes or 10 minutes. That's exactly what we're going to do, Brother David, because I know you prayed about that today. Think about this, folks. What would be the motive? 4,500 years, every major religion in the world, up to 1,500, except for pre, pre-birth, just in 200 B.C., Except for just a couple, made mention, never gained any 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 foothold. For forty five hundred years, everybody believed exactly what Michael Heiser said, what Brother Don has taught you, Brother David's told you, and what exactly what the Word of God says in a literal way. For forty five hundred years, until fifteen hundred, what would be the motive? You say, just learning new stuff and, and uh, finding out the truth. Well, you're trying to tell me that after everything that you guys have learned and all you conspiracy freaks out there, you're trying to tell me that you think that we're, got a, we're on an evolutionary historical linear history model when we went back to Ecclesiastes so many times and told you that there's nothing new under the sun. So if there's nothing new under the sun, and in chapter 3, verse 15, it says God requires that was his past, this has been handed down to the human being. Okay? It has been inculcated into their brain. Okay, what motive? To get rid of What motive? See, because right after Copernicus, I told you I'm, I'm being rhetorical and talking about something that I've talked about a dozen times, and no, but I'm going to lay this out quick, and then we're going to go to Brother David. Copernicus, then here comes Charlie Lyle with his millions of years shot down within 30 years as he was a bald-faced liar. Then little Charlie Darwin comes along. 
with puddled paradise. And they can't like that brother, brother Jeff was reading all this from nothing to everything idea. It's not just human beings, folks, that's pushing this stuff. There's a spirit involved. There has to be spirit involved and spiritual individuals involved. All right? And the motive, the motive is not money. I mean, you you could you look looking back hindsight twenty twenty, you can say, look at all the corporations, look at everything, brother. It must be money. Give me a break. Give me a break. There wasn't no lasers and rocket ships in fifteen hundred. Okay. So who would you reckon it was esoteric knowledge? You reckon it's some of the Masonic stuff that was handed down through the secret brotherhoods? Through the Jesuits, through the Knights Templar? Reckon it was that that handed down this knowledge? No. You know why I know it wasn't that? Because everything that's been taught for the last 500 years, you, if you've got any kind of testimony of Jesus Christ in you, which is the spirit of prophecy, and know the book of Revelation, you can see where this is headed. It's all going to play a part in the very end. And the ones that knew that are the ones that come from the very beginning, before the very beginning. When the sons of God shouted for joy, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy before on creation's morning, and before that, the fall of Lucifer and the third of heaven, and remember, folks, only 200 got bound in the bottomless pit. Where's the other part of the third? Where have they been for the last 6,000 years? I keep saying that because not, a, not one swinging soul ever picks up on it and says anything about it. Where have they been? <laughs> a third of the host of heaven, Revelation 12. A third of the host fell. That's sons of God. That's angels. That's watchers. That's seraphim. That's cherubim. Where'd they go? The ones that didn't get bound. Where they've been all this time? They've been trying. Wouldn't you think? Just, let's just use some little old simple third grade common sense. Don't you think they'd be planning for the end since they knew the end from the beginning? They were there with the Father for an eternity past. You reckon they listened? You reckon their mind's pretty good, had a good memory? Reckon they knew the stuff that was going on and was going to happen? You remember Christ was crucified from the foundation of the world. They knew that. So don't you think they'd start planning for the very end? You can call it Catholicism, Christianity, whatever you want to call it that was strong during this period of time from the death, burial, and resurrection to 1500 A.D. Christianity had control. I use that word loosely because it was mainly Catholicism had control of the Anglo-Israel world. All the governments, everything. Somebody's got, somebody's got to get rid of God. Somebody, somebody's got to get rid of God. See, that's what they were thinking. Because to do what's going to be done in the end, Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, and as it was in the days of Noah, It's got to start changing, and we better start now. 
And that's where they started with Oak Copernicus and Galileo and Charlie Lyle, Charlie Darwin, right on up, right on up to the day with Mitsuya Kaku. Who's the, what, Brother David, what's that uh, high yellow nigger scientist name? Neil deGrasse Tyson? I'm sorry. That's him. Know. Yeah, that's his name, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's a high yellow. The only one they could, they could pull out of the woodwork to claim he was a genius. Only one oh, they could yeah. find. Get rid of God. Well, they've done a pretty good job. Baggots getting married. Transgenders getting right. I mean, look what's happened in just the last 55, 60 years since 1947. Remember, this is the timeline of deception. Remember, we talked about it, 1947. New Mexico, desert. Talked about it then. We talked about the Admiral Byrd mission to the North Pole and then to the South Pole. Remember, the supposed South Pole. So it was planted back then by the same ones that's going to play a part in history at the end. Not just normal human knowledge. My God, my God. It just didn't happen overnight. Somebody woke up and had to go to the bathroom and tripped and hit their head, and all of a sudden they figure out how to make rocket ships, computer chips. Give me a break, folks. You've got better common sense than that. All right, Brother David Motive, what's your ideas on this? Well, Motive, you you covered quite a few of them there. You know, the uh, evolution theory, that's definitely a big part of it because um, they can show that everything came into being by a big boom, a big explosion from the primordial goo. Everything came into being by accident through scientific mathematical equations and so forth. So they take God out of the picture, and it means that Earth is insignificant. It is a small particle spinning around 500,000 miles an hour, if you put all the spins together, around the sun. And it means that we're just out there and everybody's... Every man for himself, this just happened, and, you know, grab what you can while you can, because when when you're dead, that's it, it's all over, and, you know, everything came about through evolution. Well, what the flat earth, if it is true, which it is, if the Bible is true, it is true, the Bible is true, so what it explains as an enclosed flat earth is true, if you believe the Bible is literal, then it is literally telling you in dozens, there's 50, 60, 70, 80 scriptures you can go to, just, you know, the ones that are blatantly obvious, not ones that are kind of hinting at things or covering something, unless you already know what it says, you wouldn't be able to plug that one in. So it's very clear, it's very true. So if it is that way, then God is real. Like, for example, the sun didn't, isn't, we're not going around it. The sun didn't even come into existence until after the earth was already made. Fourth day. Yeah. The earth is the center. The earth is, everything is going around it. So this is center stage now. Hey, guys, 
you're on center stage in the Bible says in Hebrews we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses so God's watching everything and there's the witnesses of angels and perhaps saints are witnessing you on this world what you're going to do with Jesus Christ what you're going to do with the word of God are you going to be found with faith when he comes back or not so there it is you are faced with the vault of the earth it speaks that there is a god in psalms 19:1 it says the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament sheweth his handiwork so uh, it speaks clearly to anyone who begins to examine it uh, this is creation this is a plan this is a great detailed plan God is real. And so now, if you can take that literally from the Bible, now everything is literal. Amen, brother. Except for those few things that aren't. Oh, you know well, what I mean? Of course. And the book plainly shows you, it'll tell you when something is not, it'll explain yes. if it's a metaphor, and it'll tell you if it's an allegory. Plain simple. Yes. The context will so, tell you, just like Paul says in Galatians, this is an allegory. You can't get no plainer, okay, when he's talking Amen. about Hagar. All right? Folks, listen. It, 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 and, I, and my daughter said, told me the other day, she said, don't be too rough, Daddy, about this, uh, uh, because people think differently, different personalities. I understand that. And, folks, I understand I am too gruff sometimes, okay? But, my God, my God, in this panty-waist, queer-eyes, lesbian-eyes world, you can't find a man with a flashlight. Be a man first, then a Christian, like I said. But anyway, neither here nor there about that. Well, everything Brother David said was true. There's a plan. This whole thing's planned out. And I know, I know what some of the what some of the detractors are gonna say. What's this got to do with anything? You're gonna find out what it's got to do with anything. Also, Pastor Don, if now we've come to this conclusion, these people who be previously weren't believers right. are now believers, understanding God is real creation, this is a creation, and that God's Word means what it says. Right. And you don't need a Ph.D. to understand it. you just got to open it and read it. That's now, exactly if right. all this is true, then all of a sudden, hey, we're looking around at all these so-called politicians, scientists, experts, military that are ru ruling over us, and now it is clear to everyone they are nothing but a bunch of deceiving, lying Bastards. people. Bastards. Yes. That's what they are. And, yes, and they're involved in this evil plant. Now, hey, it's hey. time for the Lord Jesus to come back. Everybody's wait, wait, you know, is awake now. Faith is on the earth. The Lord is coming. Amen. Amen. Brother, t while I'm talking, turn to Second Peter chapter two, and I want you to go down to the last three or four verses. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and let's and and let's just see what the Bible has to say about itself. We've used Doctor Michael Heiser in his allegorical mm -hmm. background. You out there have been through some of these quote-unquote self-imposed, self-proclaiming teachers and quote-unquote pastors. 
Let's see what the Scriptures say about interpreting the Scriptures. In Corinthians, it says comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Well, let's see if it's talking about allegory and we're supposed to use some man's idea because allegory is pure opinion and it's just like a hind end. Everybody's got one, okay? Start reading about three verses up from the end. Let's see what old fisherman Brother Peter had to say about the Word of God in interpretation. Okay. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Chapter 1, last three verses. Second okay. Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second Peter 1, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. Read that again. Un- Read that again. Okay. Listen, we folks, have... to the words. Listen to the words. I don't care what you think the context is. Listen to the words. Every word of God is pure. All right? The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are life. Not the context. Not the chapter. Not what somebody said. The words. I told you to start the program. He magnifies his word above his very name. Go ahead, brother. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Start that again. No prophecy of the Scripture. That's a proclamation. That's what that word there in the Greek, that's proclamation. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. I hate it, Brother Heiser. You're wrong. With your allegory. I hate it. You're wrong. There is none of it private interpretation. Go ahead, brother. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man. And see, but, that, that right there, I love it. It It's not by the will of man, not by, well, this is an allegory talking about diodes. No, by the words, if you believe what you read. Not by the will of man. But go ahead, brother. But holy men of God Bake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. John chapter 14, Amen. we read it the other night. When he sends the Comforter, he'll lead it and guide us into all truth. He's the teacher. 
the Holy Ghost, the one that spiritually circumcised you and keeps you to the day of redemption. Go ahead, brother. That's it. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, but holy men of old were moved. Read it again, brother. I got the words all mixed okay. up. Knowing first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And read the first two verses in chapter 3, and I'll go ahead and end us in a word of prayer, brother, after you give the contact information. Okay. A little slow here. Okay. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Scoffers walking after their own lusts. What are they going to be saying, Brother David? Go ahead. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were oh, from listen the beginning. To the, everything continues as it were. You know, a big bang out of from, from nothing to everything. Spinning around a thousand miles an hour. Just tilted. In other words, they do what they're going to do when they say, when they run into a problem, they make up what they want to make up, folks. My God, my God. Go to prayer about it. Study the book, and for God's sake, you downloaders, don't forget, before you go to anything, watch those two YouTube clips so you'll get a gist of what you're getting into. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've had to spend tonight, Lord. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would take these garbled words that I've said tonight, Lord, in some way. Use them for your honor and glory, Father. Yes. Take the word of God, burn it in the hearts of the listeners, the downloaders, the new people that come in, Father. Burn it in their hearts like you've never burned it before. You know, Father, there's nobody, hardly nobody out there that's preaching with any power, that's sticking with the book. It's all prosperity. It's all feel good. It's all about, well, I think it's this or I think it's that. Father, you know that's wicked as hell. Father, move in their hearts. If anybody's out there that just clicked in here, save their soul. Convict their heart, Holy Spirit of God. Let them know that Christ died for their sins according to the Scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. If that's the gospel of the grace of God. Whereby they're saved if they believe. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And all these people running around out here like Paul talks about in Romans 10, for they being ignorant 
They understand, folks, they need righteousness. They've been ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. You knew, folks, that's Jesus Christ. He is the righteousness of God. And that's the only way you'll get to be with the Lord is through His righteousness, never any of your own. And then right on down there, three or four verses later, he said, the words might be. Paul's a preacher. He can't go nowhere without preaching. Explaining. That was his job. The words nigh thee, even in thy mouth, the word of faith which we preach. What, Paul? You just got through mentioning this righteousness of God. Well, how do you get that righteousness, Paul? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, not knowledge, heart. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Heavenly Father, take these words to your honor and glory. And we'll meet back here, Lord willing, this coming Sunday night. And we'll pick up with Luke chapter 8. God bless each and every one of you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen and amen. 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 Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone. 334-397-2333. That's 334-397-2333. Email joydon1953, joydon1953 at yahoo.com. The address is 3155 Louisville Street. Apartment D1, that's D as in Don, 1, Clio, Alabama, Clio, C-L-I-O, Alabama, zip 36017, that's 36017. Thank you, and good night, everybody. Good night, Brother David. Good job. Good job, Brother Kevin. Appreciate you folks being there. God bless, and we'll see you Sunday night.